welcome to the New York Bankies podcast, talking Yankees with ATM Sports Bank. Feeling good, feeling all right here in Yankee land. Once again, my name is Adam Taylor McKilp, and you are listening to week six of the New York Bankies podcast with ATM Sports Bank. That's right, cash and checks for the 10-game win streak. Let's go. Baseball is a long season. I don't know what else to tell you folks, but 10-game win streak. I am living large in Yankee land. The Yankees clinch a postseason spot. We're going to the ship. We're going to the ship. All right, I'll calm down. Calm down, dude. Um, But the Yankees looked really good until they got a little too comfortable over the last couple of days. The Yankees set some historic offensive marks particularly with the long ball this week. Obviously, what else did you expect? We're making history with the Yankees. Yeah, it's going to be in the long ball form. And more beating up of the Red Sox. I love it. I love it. I love it. It was a great week in Yankee land. And let's get into some segments, folks. Get out your checkbooks, Yankees fans. Yankees finally looking how they should have all year long. They are who they thought we were. Or is that the saying? I'm not really sure. You you guys know what I'm talking about. Anyways, here's who and what we're writing money checks for from this past week of Yankees baseball. All right, that first check that I'm writing goes out to the machine, DJ LeMahieu. This one is an easy one, guys. Very easy one. But... Introducing your AL Player of the Week, DJ LeMahieu. Alright, entering Monday, DJ had hit 423 in six games over the course of last week, and he had a slugging percentage. This is the leadoff hitter, a slugging percentage of 1.038, knocking four home runs. Honestly, he's becoming, again, with the last week of baseball, he's becoming a bit of an Ichiro with these leadoff home runs to start games. I, I didn't expect that much from him, but I'm loving to see it. He enters the final week of the Major League Baseball season, leading with a 361 batting average just above Tim Anderson's 360. By the way, guys, if he wins the batting title this year, DJ LeMahieu will be the only player, the first player to win a batting title in both the AL and NL since the award was established in 1901. Scratch that, since the AL was established in 1901. Anyways, he also won the award in 2016 with the Rockies over in the National League. That year, he also led all of Major League Baseball in hitting. He had a clutch hit in Boston. Hell, he had clutch hits all over the place. And the power, like I said, the power in this dude's bat is coming alive. The dude is called the machine for a reason. And tell me, bet me another a better baseball nickname, the machine. He hits, he hits, and then he hits some more. He's a free agent after this year. He's 32 years old and Yankees management, I'm telling you, you need to sign this dude to at least three years, hopefully three, four, five year contract. When he becomes a free agent, he plays anywhere in the infield. He might not have the best range in the world, but he picks everything that comes his way and the dude just hits. Yeah, he's not known for his power, but a contact hitter in the Yankees lineup, that's not something we have a ton of. Anyways, thank you, AL Player of the Week, DJ LeMahieu. 
And that second check that I'm cashing goes to J.A. Happ. The old man. The old man. This shout out has been coming and it's been coming for a long time. Let me start with this. At the start of this year, and it was much like last year, I went, I said to myself, said to other Yankee fans, oh no, he's over the hill, the 37-year-old. And honestly, he must be reading my mind because the minute I start saying or thinking that, he goes off. Saturday night, this is to cap off the 10-game win streak, which, by the way, is not something a lot of baseball teams do year in, year out. He's been getting better and better and better the last month, but hands down, Saturday night in Boston was the best start of his year. He threw eight innings, four hits, no runs, no walks, and a cool nine strikeouts. This is a guy who does not have what you would call a power arm, and he struck out nine guys. Oh, also, he threw 113 pitches. He went out in the eighth and over 100 pitches and did it again. Put the team on my back, man. So let's rewind his last three starts dating back to September 8th, the beginning of this month. In three starts, yes, he has a 2-1 record. It should be 3-0, thank you, non-existent Yankees offense in Toronto, circa a couple weeks back. But anyway, he's he threw 19.1 innings. He only allowed 13 hits, three earned run. He struck out 24 guys, only two walks, only two home runs, and an ERA over those three starts of 1.41. 141 ERA. Come on. And this year he's pitching to a 325 ERA compared to his career average of 398. I mean, the dude is balling this year. He's been a revelation on the mound. He's just doing his thing at 37 years old. Keep doing your thing, J.A. Happ. And yes, by the way, he's 37. He turns 38 in October. That's why I playfully call him the old man. But J.A. Happ getting that second check that I'm writing. All right, that third check that I'm writing this week, we are going to go a little highlights from the 10-game win streak. These highlights include Luke Voigt for MVP, history made on Thursday, and some heroics in Boston on Friday night. All right, let's start with Mr. Voigt. In my humble opinion, guys, the AL MVP of 2020. You heard it here first. Okay, maybe not first but you heard it here as well. Anyways, besides Mr. Luke Voigt destroying baseballs all year long, let's talk about the most important intangible first. Mr. Voigt has suffered from a, air quotes here, foot problem all year long. It's evident. You see him limping at times or hobbling around, taking it easy, especially on the base paths. Yeah, yet he's played 49 games. You don't see this guy punking out and head into the injured list over some BS baby injury. Nope, he's country strong and country tough. Anyways, here are the stats for Luke Voigt this year. 49 games, 204 plate appearances. He's batting 286. He has an on-base percentage of 348, a slugging of 654, and an OPS of 1.002. 21 home runs, 49 RBIs. 15 base on balls, 5 doubles, 53 hits. Guess what? Homers and slugging percentage, first in the entire big leagues. Second in RBIs in baseball and top 15 in OPS. Oh, by the way, on a team that clinched a postseason berth. In all honesty, Jose Abreu will likely win 
with what he's doing with the Chicago White Sox, who are currently a better team than the Yankees. But damn, Luke Voigt, team MVP, heart and soul of this team this year. Put the team on my back as well. Luke Voigt getting the first part of the third check. And speaking of Luke Voigt, let's get into some home runs by the Yankees. All right. Over the last seven days, the Yankees have hit 22 home runs. That's almost 10 more than every other team in baseball. This was never more evident than last week's three-game sweep over the Blue Jays. So guess what the Yankees did last week against the Blue Jays? They clobbered 19 home runs in three very, very important wins last week. And guess what? That is good for a new Major League Baseball record. And Thursday night, yeah, that was the highlight of this home run party. So in the fourth inning, Brett Gardner, DJ LeMahieu, and Luke Voigt all hit long balls on consecutive pitches. Then came an out, followed by more back-to-back home runs by Giancarlo Stanton and Glaber Torres. This five-homer inning is just the seventh time that's ever happened in MLB history, and also a franchise first for the Bronx Bombers. So you're telling me with names like Ruth, Gehrig, Mantle, Jackson, Maris, that's never happened before? Well, it has now. Wow. All right, finally, the last part of this third check. Anyways, 10-game win streak on the line, which again is an outstanding hot streak for any baseball team, and the Yankees needed some classic heroics in a Yankees-Boston Red Sox series. This win needed all the heroes we asked for. The Yankees look dismal in the first half of this game, and you say, okay, the streak is over. They won nine in a row. I'm good with that. I'm good with that. But then comes the magic of Beantown. Entering the seventh, they're down 4 nothing. Fast forward to the ninth. You're still down 4-3. And then comes Gary Sanchez. This is two outs in the top of the ninth inning. Last out for the streak. Strikeout or home run, right? That's what Gary does. And boom, he hits it, and he hits it over the green monster. Then comes a Luke Voigt run-scoring 11th inning hit that gave the Yankees the first lead of the night. Then we move to the 12th, and DJ LeMahieu ripped a go-ahead double, and the Yankees ended up winning that game 6-5, 12 innings, extra innings on Friday night in Fenway Park. That was the ninth consecutive win. They moved to 10 after that on Saturday with the beautiful pitching performance from J.A. Happ. Um, And at the time, it was a very important win. They got that four-seed in this new expanded playoffs, which is honestly the most important thing that I'm going to talk about today. But anyways, that one was huge. It had some awesome heroics. The 10 game win streak, I loved everything about it. But the Yankees, now that you clinch postseason, you gotta keep fighting. You got to keep fighting. Anyways, those are the checks that I'm writing. All right, before we move on, let me get out a quote from the all-time great Yankees manager and now special assistant to Commissioner Rob Manfred, Joe Torre. And the quote, Watching other teams in the World Series is like watching somebody else eat a hot fudge sundae. End quote. I agree, Mr. Torre, and if the Yankees don't get in the World Series, I, my heart is going to be shattered. I'm telling you that, guys, right now, my heart will be shattered. Anyway, speaking of, real quick, speaking of Rob Manfred, I just heard a story that he now is pushing for fans in the seats for this postseason bubble. That's another air quotes there. Say what now? We're going to have fans in the bubble. Is that not the most contradictory thing that you've ever heard? 
why are we doing a bubble if we're trying to get fans in there? It makes no sense. What are you doing, Rob Manfred? Anyways, let's move on to the stock that I'm selling. All right, that first stock that I'm selling this week goes out to, it's twofold, the Yankees starting to rest players and the Yankees on the road this season. So yes, the Yankees clinched a postseason spot, thank God. But in the last two days specifically, the Yankees have been resting their lineup and their pitching staff? Excuse me, Yankees, have you won the division? No. Can you even win the division now? Probably not. Are you playing this first wildcard round before the bubble at home? Not right now. So what the hell are you doing resting players? Haven't we seen enough players on the IL? That counts as rest. Am I I right, guys? Wow. Anyways, the Yankees did this on Sunday. Wade, Tower Wade got a start. And then after getting their butts kind of handed to them a bit, you have Eric Kratz, a catcher, pitching in the ninth inning. Is our pitching staff really that thin? I don't think so. And then, then you go to Buffalo to take on the Blue Jays, who are only a few games back of us for that second seed, the wild card seed, whatever, and you start Mike King, the rookie, instead of moving through the rotation normally. And guess what? The rookie, sorry, rookie, he did terribly. So right now, we are four and a half games back of Tampa Bay with six games left. Okay, no divisional title. But now... After the last two days, they are two games back of the Minnesota Twins for that vital fourth seed in the postseason. The Twins are 33-22, and and the Yankees are 31-23. and So let me remind you guys, the MLB is going to a bubble after the wildcard round. We have an expanded postseason, eight teams from each league gets in. That means that the top four seeds get home field for that three-game wildcard. So let's talk about why home field is the one thing that the Yankees need more than anything else in this postseason. The Yankees are 21 and 7 in the Bronx. On the road, 10 and 16. Yes, that's well below 500. At home, let's get into the stats, further back it up. Team stats at home. 269 batting average, 241 hits, 170 RBIs, a 908 OPS. 177 runs, and 64 long balls. Versus on the road, they only hit 223 batting average. They have 175 hits, that's almost 100 less. 100 RBIs, that's 70 less. A 684 OPS, that's 300 points. 105 runs, and only 27 home runs. So the home averages, they score 6.3 runs per game, and they hit 2.2 home runs. Away, 4.2 runs per game and 1.08 home runs. So anyways, to conclude this with the pitching. The pitching, a 3.53 ERA at home. On the road, a 4.96 ERA. So on the road, you give up almost five runs per game, but you only score four. Guess what? That is losing baseball. At home, you give up 3.5 runs and you score 6.3. A bunch of wins. Stop resting and get home field for the one round that we can in the playoffs. All right, that second stock that I'm selling goes to the Yankees postseason taxi squad. So I saw this story on NJ.com that was talking about a Brian Cashman interview that he did on Sunday with the MLB Network. And 
boiling this down, essentially what Cashman said is that the Yankees will need to decide for the postseason on a 28-man active roster, but still have this 12-man taxi squad that remains in Scranton, also has to quarantine, that they will need for injuries, whatever, you know, making, you know, making personnel decisions. And anyways, the catch is that since this big league, this taxi squad is also quarantining, apparently players have the right to opt out. And according to Brian Cashman, several of these players have already told Yankees management that they are going to opt out. As as Cashman said, some of them said, you know what, I'm not doing it. I'm not going to be apart from my family for six more weeks. Yes, I understand that means six more weeks of quarantine. But if you don't believe that this roster needs all 40 men, what are you smoking? Yes, the Yankees didn't have the same magic with their replacement cast this year. But the injuries were back, just like 2019. So if you don't think that you may not see action, don't be a part of this team at all. I'm telling you, don't be a part of this team at all. I know it's a wacky season, and but you have a chance at the postseason. And if I were the Yank, if the Yankees were the number one seed, like they were expected to in the American League, do we think this story is the same? I don't know. Maybe it's from the underperforming of the team. Maybe they don't think they have that chance at a World Series. I don't know. It's disheartening. It's a, you know, it's definitely a shot, a, a negative shot of mor- against the team's morale. And I understand it. I understand it's a wacky season, but this, this was a tough story to hear. That's the second stock that I'm selling. All right, the third stock that I'm selling is the Yankees needing to decide the third and fourth rotation arms before the postseason. Okay, I get this. This may be not a stock to sell, but it's a point that I wanted to make. The Yankees are going to need arms for the postseason. It always, always feels like the bats just go away in the postseason. And honestly, I'm an old-timer when it comes to this view. Offense wins you games throughout the year in the regular season, but pitching wins in the postseason. Think about it. You're facing the best pitchers in baseball. You naturally can't expect to be in these big-time offensive wars with these other teams. So the key is pitching. The pitching staff is key. The bullpen, they should do what they do best. You know, I'm really trusting those guys. And the starting pitching, even though it has been uh, arguably the highlight of this team this year, you have easy answers at starters 1, 2, and 3. Garrett Cole, 11 starts, 6-3 record, 3.00 ERA. You would call that a down year for this guy, but he's, he's still phenomenal. Masahiro Tanaka, you always know what you're getting, and he gets better in the postseason. He's through three and two this year and nine starts, a 3270 ERA. J.A. Happ, the old man. He has some old man juice this year. Eight starts, two and two, 325 ERA, the one of the best of his career careers so far, and he has just been balling lately. But then come the questions. A longer series. If you get out of that wild card round, you're probably gonna need four starters at least to be comfortable. So what it really comes down to is Jordan Montgomery the young guy, or the rookie, the 21-year-old Debbie Garcia. Honestly, Garcia gives you the better stuff, in my opinion, but he's still a rookie, and the postseason is a big stage. Yes, I love this kid. He has swag, and I think that swag would work really well in the postseason. The confidence is there, but five starts this year, he's 2-2, two and two, and has just under a 5.00 ERA. It's at 488. The other option is Jordan Montgomery. More experience, less reliable in my opinion. When he's good, he's good, but he has had some tough outings. Nine starts, 2-2 record, and a 5.12 ERA. 
one thing I want to make about these guys is Debbie Garcia. He averages 5.4 innings per start, whereas Jordan Montgomery averages 4.2 innings per start. So it, it's really a toss-up, but I'm guessing that we see each of these guys get one more start here, probably in Miami. And honestly, winner take all. Winner take all. If it, it's a tough option for the Yankees front office and Booney to pick, I'm really curious what they do. But yeah, I'm getting ahead of myself. None of this matters unless you get out of the wild card round. You got to get through that monster first. I'm really curious how the Yankees set up their postseason postseason rotation. But I'm excited. Yankees postseason baseball back again. It is. It was a great week to be a Yankee fan. Ten win. Ten wins in a row. Boom. We bought stock. We sold stock. We wrote checks. We cashed them in. And most importantly, we talked about the New York Yankees. Thanks for tuning in, folks, and I will see you next week.